This is Stories of Strength by MuscleTech, personal and inspirational tales that redefine strength. Welcome back to Stories of Strength, a podcast where we share personal and inspirational tales that redefine strength. I'm your host, Jay Cardiello, and today I was able to sit down with our real-life Superman, actor, chief creative officer, and global brand ambassador for MuscleTech, Mr. Henry Cavill. We talk about the work he's been doing with MuscleTech, their mission, and about what he looks to as inspiration when finding his own inner strength. Well, Henry, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Thank you for your time. Thank you again. So, Henry... I always look to people for inspiration. Um, growing up, getting in shape as an athlete, I looked to my father. He was a very big inspiration. Who do you look to for inspiration with your workouts? Uh, that's a really good question. I think it, it, it varies enormously uh, depending on uh, where I am, how hard I'm working, uh, the mm-hmm. immediate influences on my life. Uh, but one consistent one has always been, whether it be the Royal Marines or Special Forces, because I have wow. a, a brother in the Royal Marines and also plenty of friends who have uh, come from Special Forces. And I, I've heard all their stories. I, I, know, I know how hard they've worked. I know the kind of people that they are as well. And mm-hmm. that is the kind of thing that when I'm, when I'm physically suffering a little bit, I think, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, when I was younger, uh, and, and even now, even though the time has passed, my window has passed, um, I wanted to join the armed forces. And so wow. I do think about it a lot when I'm in a uh, physical discomfort. I'm thinking, hey, man, this is this is not a sniff on what you'd have to go through if you were passing selection or if you were on a particularly difficult op. And so I do use that as uh, as an inspiration to to keep me kicking when, when I'm feeling down or feeling tired. That's interesting. Cause uh, one of the, I always say if I had, if I were to go back, I've had one regret. I always wanted to be in the armed forces. I always wanted yeah. to be special forces. So it was an interesting, yeah. 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 You now you guys have a lot going on with muscle tech. Can you tell me a little bit about, about muscle tech's strength redefined campaign and what that's all about? Absolutely. That is about, that is about us. That is about the individual. That's about the person sitting at home. It's about, the thing which we all have. And it's that thing which um, we and we will appreciate with having friends in special forces or the desire to join special forces. It is uh, that inner strength. It is that thing which is an ingredient which lives in all of us. And it's just about keying into it and expressing it in whichever way you wish. And if that wants to be a physical way, then perfect. But it's also expressed as a lot of people have experienced over the pandemic whether it be a first responder and we're all locked at home and they're going out there and they're on the front lines against COVID or whether it be a parent who's still at home like yourself and having to raise the kids. And that takes strength as well. It's the message that strength takes more than just muscle. And uh, it's, so the campaign is, is focusing on giving everyone that access point to doing what they want with themselves physically and beyond. Now, talking about strength, what is your typical diet and fitness training protocols like? Um, it varies depending on on what I'm trying to achieve, uh, whether it be a, a shoot for muscle tech or whether it be a maintenance program for a movie which doesn't require shirtlessness but wants to keep me in shape or whether it be something which requires me to get shirtless 
or whether it requires me to be, um, I'm training for the next job rather than the present job. And I'm putting on mass or something or, or really cutting weight hard. Um, it does vary enormously right now. I'm on more of a maintenance program. So it's, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm doing hypertrophy training. I'm also doing uh, lots of stunt training and learning choreography for my next job. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm using that as a cardio and the hypertrophy training for the aesthetic. And I'm also trying to get in a little bit more of a interval sprint training in the morning to build my engine. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. So for you personally, what is the key to sustainable long-term health for what you're trying to achieve with your body? I think it's, I mean, well, for me personally, okay. It's, I would love to speak to people about, uh, how, how maybe they can use this as an example to access it. Um, but first I'll answer for me personally, because my kind of life is, is a little different from uh, the average person. I I'm, I'm skipping sure. about the place all the time. I'm in a different country every six months. And it's not that I don't get the same sense of, uh, uh, routine or access to facilities. And so for me personally, and this is something which I'm, I, I have begun investing in, it's, uh, making sure that no matter where I am in the world, I have my own facility to train or I have the facilities to do a morning workout before I go to work. And it's, it is an investment, a serious investment, but it's something that's going to pay off enormously over time because, uh, there won't be the darn it. I just can't get into that gym or there's not a gym nearby, or I don't have the equipment here or that gym is too photograph happy. So I don't feel like I can go there after a long day and train. And, and so that's where, that's where my personal investment is going into. Uh, however, to speak to everyone else about it, which still applies to me, it's the finding that thing that you enjoy about it and accessing that. And for me recently, after getting over my hamstring injury, I was, uh, because I injured at sprinting and because I was required to sprint again on set, we had a sprinting focus for the recovery of it. And I found that I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I was a little bit quicker than I thought I was. And the more I trained, the quicker I got. And that for me became something really exciting and something I really enjoyed. And so now I've started to integrate that into my training, as I mentioned earlier, a bit more in the way of interval sprints in the morning to build the engine, because that has a, a double benefit. One, it actually is something I enjoy. And I, I may go to bed thinking, right, I'm going to smash those sprints tomorrow, not go to bed going, oh, I've got to get up at this time and I've got to drag myself into doing this. And secondly, it's also going to build my engine. And when it comes to working uh, long hours for long periods of time with little to no break, it's, uh, it's important to be fit because it's that fitness that carries you through and makes you efficient on your daily basis. And so, yeah, I would say for everyone out there, um, uh, the way of maintaining that kind of wellness is finding something that you enjoy. And that, that's, mm-hmm. that's key, whether it be, whether it be running, whether it be rowing, whether it be the gym, whether it be whatever, whether it be climbing a rock wall, it's, uh, it's just something physical um, for physical wellness anyway, uh, that you enjoy and, and accessing that and using it, using it to help you. How's your hamstring feeling? Hamstring is, is okay. There's, I think there's a bit of a psychological aspect to the hamstring as well. Sure. Um, it was a pretty serious tear. It's a grade two tear. And I was told that if it had been even slightly worse, it would have been a rupture. Um, so oh, wow. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, slightly hesitant with it. And just the other day I was, um, I was, 
unloading uh, a squat bar and I, the collar dropped to the floor. I was about to drop my toe and I just kicked my heel back. And that's how the injury happened. It was a, a, a hyper contraction of the hamstring rather than an extension. And when I kicked it back, I suddenly felt in that point of injury um, where it happened. And I thought, oh, was that psychological or is that, <laughs> is that an actual physical response? And it was yeah. a really difficult thing to balance. And so it's actually been um, an interesting process and it's okay. I mean, I can still, I can sprint, I can do all the workouts I need to do. But every now and again, I get that little bit and I'm like, oh, okay, got to remember to do all the necessary pre-work and post-work in a workout to, uh, to make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen again. Yeah, as an athlete, I, I uh, had my series of injuries. One in particular, I broke my spine, actually. I had 16 what? major surgery. Yeah, I had 16 major surgeries to put it back together. And one of the biggest things for me was supplementation yeah. and getting back the proper nutrients in my body. Can you take me through your daily supplement regimen? Yes, my daily supplement regimen is, uh, to go with the simple stuff, it is, well, hardly simple, but it's the platinum multivitamins. They get all the right stuff going into my system to get it functioning properly. I will, of course, have my, my protein throughout the day, whether it be uh, my morning shake, my evening shake, or my post-workout shake. And for that, I use 100% grass-fed whey protein. Um, I also make sure I got the fish oils going in as well. My amino acids with the amino build, my BCAAs, that is something I'll have uh, during my workout. If I'm trying to cut weight and there's, for example, a high ratio of protein to carbohydrates in my diet, I might switch my post um, or my pre-bed uh, shake into amino acids just so I don't go into a catabolic state at night, but I'm also not overloading the, the stomach and sure. the system with protein. Um, and uh, when I came off my injury and my physiotherapy or my physical therapy, as you guys call it, uh, it was I was in a place where I needed to prep for the muscle tech shoot. And my trainer was looking at me. I sent him all my progress photos and he said, right, we need to dance that line between losing weight and gaining muscle mass. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I hadn't been able to train the way I wanted to train. I hadn't been able to cut weight. And so uh, I started uh, using a Celtec Creactor before my workouts and mm -hmm. also uh, Celtic Elite post-workouts. And so I had all the right stuff going in I had to make sure that I was um, in muscle protein synthesis rather than muscle protein breakdown, despite the fact <laughs> that I was uh, on uh, rather low calories while I was doing. Yeah. It's interesting. People don't understand this. There's so much intricacies just to get the body ready, especially yeah. when you're coming back from it, coming back from injury. And one yeah. of the big things, especially coming back from injury is sleep. How important is sleep with performance and what does your sleep routine look like? Uh, sleep is absolutely vital for me and it is, uh, thankfully I'm a good sleeper. So even when I'm, I'm worked to the bone and a little bit jittery before going to bed, as long as I, I put my phone down and everything before about half an hour before I go to bed and I just make sure there's no light in the room because we are constantly uh, bombarded by digital lights everywhere all day, all, all day, all, um, all day long. I make sure there's no little red lights on TVs or anything. I don't even have a TV in my bedroom. And um, I, I just try and get as peaceful and quiet asleep as possible. Uh, it's not always possible to get peaceful, especially in a city. Um, but it's, it's something I always aim for. If I need eight hours, I'll be in bed nine hours before I have to wake up. 
and go with that. Sometimes that's uh, not a luxury I have. So it'll be just get as much as you possibly can and then catch up at the weekend because mm. recovery is vital for uh, healing hamstrings uh, in my case um, or even just recovering properly so uh, you can keep on training and you're maximizing your training efficiency. Yeah, I have a rule for my for uh, my clients as well myself. If I'm getting under six hours of sleep that day, the gym is not, the gym not an option. So yeah. I would say... That has to be a, a big ingredient. It's one of the most overlooked things. Yeah. People think that sleep, they go, oh, you know, you got to grind, got to grind. No, you don't have to grind. You got to get your sleep in order to yep. recover. Absolutely. Now, now, I'm really big into the mental game. And I do the mm -hmm. thing called we, we call a morning routine. So I wake up every day at 5 o'clock. I do what's called incantation where I say, by December 31st, 2021, I, Jake Cardio, will accomplish this by doing this, this, and this. I journal. I read. Yep. And I may take, um, if I have time to work out, and take an ice bath afterwards. Do you have any morning rituals that you subscribe to to get mentally ready for your day? Uh, it all depends, really. Uh, some, there's, there's often so much going on. Um, and I, I, I may have a big fight scene that day or lots of dialogue to learn. Or uh, The problem with, with filming um, is that there's a new challenge every day, which is normally unexpected. And it's just about readying yourself. <laughs> uh, it sounds silly. Um, but it's something a history teacher of mine used to say in, in primary school, which was always expect the unexpected. And mm. uh, that's the kind of setup I have to have myself for. If I'm, if I'm uh, too steadfast in, in, in one path for the day, then the smallest thing can then sort of rock me off that track. And so it's about going in with a sense of mental readiness for anything that may happen that day. And so... I don't necessarily have uh, a morning routine like that. It's normally just getting in there. And I, I did dabble in some stoicism uh, recently. And it's just reminding myself in the morning that uh, it's the things that you can control that you need to be focusing on. The things that you can't control, you're going to have to let those go and just, and just deal with them uh, rather than focusing too much and, and uh, spiraling out into a dark place in your head. And so for yeah. me, it was always just reminding myself each morning going, Hey, focus on the things that you can control and uh, make yourself better to control them. And, uh, the things that you can't control, leave them be. That's a great quote. I have a good quote for you. It's 5% of the people in this world make things happen. 15% watch things happen. And 80% don't know what the heck is going on. And my dad always said, my dad always said, never give yourself the opportunity to ask what if. So he was a very big inspiration. And he always left me with those two quotes. If you really think about whenever I went in the train. That's good. Speaking of, Speaking of training, what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes that you're seeing in the fitness industry today? Uh, that is difficult for me to say. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be the kind of person to, uh, to point my finger at anyone and say that there's a big mistake there uh, because a lot of people are trying to achieve a different thing. Um, mm -hmm. It's I'm trying to think of uh, things that I've seen. It's personally, I, I think it's all about you've got to make sure that you're making yourself happy. And True. I think that's down more to um, an individual level. Uh, if you are training and starving yourself just because you want to look a certain way for society, then, I mean, is that making you happy is the question you need to ask yourself. And what mm -hmm. makes you happy? You can do both. You can look great and be fit and also be happy. And uh, I, I think that's something which... Uh, maybe a lot of us have started to key into a bit more since the pandemic and having to look inwards by being inside for so long. 
but uh, I, I wouldn't ever, I wouldn't ever want to point the finger at anyone and say that, that people are making a mistake there. I, I, I don't think I have enough experience to be, to be, hmm. uh, calling people or calling people out for being wrong. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Currently we're at 70% of America, which is obese or obese or overweight. Okay. What needs to happen in this country to lower the obesity rate? What do you think is the biggest thing that we're overlooking or what needs to be done in essence to, to lower that level? I think, well, I mean, one thing which I can, I can say that has changed my experience is knowledge. It's, um, uh, it's the education of it. And, and that is the, it's also a bit easier said than done. Uh, but if people know how things are affecting them, then, then they can make that change. What is often, uh, I assume a reason for a lot of people not to be healthier and, and, uh, get into the physical uh, realm is because they just don't have the knowledge. They don't have uh, the science, if you will. And so it's massively intimidating to be and it's, and it's then easy to say, ah, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm just not going to do that. It, 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 it seems like too much hard work and all the rules are changing all the time. I don't know whether I'm supposed to drink milk or not supposed to drink milk or eat meat and not fats. And it's, it's, it's all very confusing. So I, I, I can see why people uh, will avoid it. But I think education is the most important thing. I think giving people the tools to make their own decisions uh, wisely is, 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 the, is the step forward. You know, you bring up a very interesting point because you see a lot of dietitians can't agree and that confuses people. When there's confusion with education, people are saying, what should I absorb? What shouldn't I absorb? And it yep. leaves people saying, you know what? They just throw their hands up and say, I'm not going to do anything today. I'm just going to eat what I want and go back to doing what I want. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, 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 not, it's not easy. And also everyone's bodies are different. Just because True. for one person, a ketogenic diet will work does not mean that for person B, uh, it is going to work. And mm -hmm. uh, we see that. And sometimes it changes as well. What worked for you 10 years ago doesn't work anymore. And that's so the, the nature of, of, of the body doing its thing. And uh, mm -hmm. it's also personal. It's also individual. And uh, education is going to help. Now, with overcoming obstacles, we get a lot of obstacles, you know, with training or the hamstring injury. We get Dale or Dale day-to-day -day obstacles that we go through, what's one message you can give people struggling with overcoming obstacles, maybe with training or just life in general? It's so difficult to give advice to people because everything is so relative. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I did uh, read a book recently, um, Man's Search for Meaning. And there was one wonderful mm -hmm. quote in there, which... It's all about a, a, a gentleman who um, was in the concentration camps and he was comparing his experience to the person next to him, his experience. And it's Dr. Viktor Frankl. And um, he was also looking at the people who were on the other side of the fence who had absolutely no food. And he was comparing his experience to theirs. And one thing he said is that uh, suffering is, is like a gas, no matter what it'll fill the room. No matter the size of it, it'll fill the room. And so, so it is, it is something that we all need to remember that, uh, there, there is it, what we may be feeling is, is very personal and it's up to us personally to get over it. Don't compare it to the next person. Don't say I shouldn't be feeling this because that's way worse or, or my thing is way worse than that person's thing. Therefore, um, I, I, I'm in a worse position. It's, it's, um, it's all personal. 
And so for me, it's very difficult to give uh, anyone advice because, because of that reason. It's so personal and um, it's all about just making sure you, you, you can come out of it with, with some pride in yourself. And that, that's the important thing, I think. Uh, the only thing we can take with us is our integrity. It's not, it's not money, it's not riches, it's not possessions, it's nothing like that. Um, it's not even our friends, but our integrity will be remembered for that. Speaking personally, if you can go back and coach, your, coach your, a younger version of yourself, what <laughs> would you work on and why? Uh, I would work on the confidence in my capacity and uh, the, uh, what I am capable of. I've learned that I'm physically capable of a lot more than I thought I was, uh, from a young age. And, uh, I, I would go back and, and, and help inform myself about what, what, uh, I, I, what my potential was. And so I could, I could be at an earlier stage, um, or at a better stage earlier than, than what I am now, potentially. Uh, but it's always I, the, the go back and coach oneself question always starts getting into my sci-fi fantasy brain. I'm like, don't mess with the timeline. It's going okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it would be, it would be about, uh, self-confidence in my potential and my abilities. Now with all that you've accomplished, how would you define what it is you're seeking? Good question. How would I define what it is? Something that the pandemic taught me, something that being at home has taught me is that it's, I, I want to start focusing on doing the things that really make me happy, whether it be choice of roles, uh, whether it be uh, my capacity within uh, whatever project I'm on. Uh, I, I want to be uh, emotionally stimulated into a positive, positive place on each and every job. Uh, I have the great fortune of being in a, a very exciting industry and having achieved uh, a certain a certain place in that industry, and it should be fun, and so and so should life, and so it's all about uh, for me my I think uh, what I want to achieve uh, I would define it by by making myself happy that, that those are my goals it, it's all about happiness first and. And, uh, I really want to make everyone else happy around me. That's one thing I've learned about myself, but I've got to be careful about doing that to the detriment of myself. <laughs> so true happiness is, uh, uh, happiness can either make us or break us. Sometimes you say, yep. what's the legacy you want to leave? I don't know necessarily if there's a particular legacy that I want to leave. What I would like to do is make sure that all of my nephews and nieces and grand nephews and nieces, and maybe even children and grandchildren, whenever that happens, <laughs> uh, that they have a, a support base. So no matter how big they dream, they know that they can go for it. And, and if they stumble, if they fall, if they do not achieve that dream, then it's not all, it's not all doomed that they can, they can have some kind of support and, and uh, their their parents can can have a, a financial base to draw from uh, for for the building of dreams. That's the kind of thing which I, I want to leave behind, and um, and I'm working towards. Well, Henry, it was an honor to speak with you today, and I thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, and, and likewise, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Henry. That's going to wrap this up for today's episode. A big thank you to Henry Cavill for sitting down with us for such a great conversation and sharing with us about MuscleTech's mission. 
If you enjoyed this week's episode, be sure to follow, leave a review, and listen up for new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jay Cardiello, and this has been Stories of Strength, personal and inspirational tales that redefine strength, presented by MuscleTech.